We're continuing Lent Matters, Part 4. Last week, we looked at a self-denial issue called slothfulness. You really, after last week, don't want to be a sloth. You don't want to have the spirit of slothfulness. So let's flip the coin this week, and let's look at a sacrifice issue. And let's talk about forgiveness. That's the lesson for tonight, some truths about forgiveness. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 through 15. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just let me preface this lesson by saying uh, how how faithful the Lord has been in keeping me, cultivating my thoughts and guiding my preparation to make consistent uh, presentations during this Lent season. I praise him. Tomorrow will be the 32nd consecutive morning that I have shared a morning manna of thought, a reflection, a teaching from the Word of God. 32 mornings, with the exception of the four Sundays. Additionally, I've taught on Tuesday night, I'm in and mob, M-O-B, and we're going through what's called a red letter challenge. We're looking at all the words spoken by Jesus that are marked in red. And then I must be prayed up to speak up on Sunday morning as I stand up to preach. Add all of that to at least 144 of these 160 lessons I address. And uh, I mention it just for one reason, to praise the Lord for counting me worthy to use, to speak to, and to give utterance, to declare what he says. I also mention it to salute the kind and generous people I pastor who give me grace and space, sharing both substance and sentiment. And for that freedom, I am grateful. And yes, I'm aware that there are those not of this fold who are faithful in support of me. Some I've never laid eyes on, but I, I get your offering. And I want to say to God be the glory for what he has done. Hallelujah and what he continues to do. Now on to the lesson. Uh, Truths about forgiveness. Uh, Forgiveness is tagged as a Lent sacrifice because forgiveness honors God. It brings glory to his name and it strengthens the believer where forgiveness is both extended and experienced. The kingdom of God is in the midst of us. That was a thought I shared at 6 a.m. this morning. Where is the kingdom? So I want to begin by attempting to give some um, 
answer to the question, what is forgiveness? The law of first mention is whenever something is mentioned first in the Bible, it sets the the flow for how it proceeds. So when it comes to forgiveness, the very first time you see the word in the Bible is in Genesis 50, verse 17, uh, where the brothers of Joseph are remembering what their father told them. Say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray now, the trespasses of thy brothers. That's what his father, their father wanted them to say to Joseph, forgive us what we've done to you. All in one verse, the first time this word appears, uh, we we see an operation, we see an action, uh, we see an engagement. Uh, first thing we see is freedom is spoken. It it involves words. It involves words. Something has to come out of your mouth at some point. Forgiveness is due to a wrong that has been done. Call it an offense. A wrong done by one upon another or others. And then forgiveness points the way to the resolution of tension or separation. So now remember, in the very first mention of the word, Joseph's brothers had lied to their father. They had wronged him. And now they're dealing with the boomerang. It's coming back to haunt them. Upon the command of their father, remember, uh, his father instructs his children, his son, ask to be forgiven. Forgiveness is the casting away the the ridding of the division. So the result is restoration and recovery of that which has been injured, but had been injured, their brotherhood. So when forgiveness is manifested, uh, that act is cast away. So in Genesis, we see it demonstrated first. When you forgive someone, you get rid of the issue that ripped you apart. Are you listening to me? Flip the coin. When you are the forgiven, you walk into the future free of guilt and shame. Joseph forgave his brother. He cast away the thing that had separated them. And consequently, they walked into the future free of guilt and shame. There were no consequences because the deed, the damage, the hurt was gone. Now I'm walking slow and I'm talking clearly. All of 
these matters I just shared exist when forgiveness is operating. No more separation, a shameless future, and the act does not come up again. It's gone. It's gone. Now, I believe I've already rubbed someone the wrong way on the line, and you're saying, I need to work on this. But think about it. Isn't that what our God does with our, with our offenses, with our sins, when we ask for his forgiveness? Psalms 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath the Lord removed our transgressions. The east is so far from the west that as long as you keep traveling east, you never end up going west. Hallelujah. Never again does the Lord view our sins if they are forgiven. He doesn't bring them up again. So why do we keep revisiting them? I know why we keep revisiting them. We've been hoodwinked and bamboozled with a non-biblical cliche, a non-biblical cliche. You know what that is? You haven't really forgiven if you haven't forgotten. God didn't say that. Other people said that. There are matters we cannot forget. We have minds to remember. But here's the reality. We just don't keep bringing it up again and giving it a resurgence. The longer the event, the act, the offense may pop up. We just don't found the cold blue and try to bring it back to life. The longer something stays dead, the easier it is to bury. So maybe our prayer should be, Lord, will you keep us alive long enough to hold a conversation with someone who really injured us? so that we'll be at the growth level, that we won't have any inkling of rebirthing or resurging or reliving that hurt. How many more birthdays will it take for you? Forgiveness. Here's an Old Testament symbolism of forgiveness. Remember, the Old Testament is heavy on demonstration, and the New Testament is heavy on definition. Leviticus 16 and 20, once a year, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifice. Uh, he'd take two goats, um, and he'd offer one for his own sin and the sins of the people. One offered to the Lord in sacrifice. The other, left alive, would be let go 
for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Read it, Leviticus 16.10. It would symbolically carry away the forgiven sins of the people. Picture, picture the high priest laid his hands on the goat, you know, took the blood of the sacrifice one, put it on the scapegoat and told the goat, get gone, be gone. Then that sound like a New Testament narrative where John the Baptist, when he was baptized and he saw Jesus coming down toward the water and he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which cometh forth to take away the sins of the world. So the goat is released into the wilderness. Guess what? The goat never comes back. In some rabbinical or Jewish circles of scholarship, it's stated that the goat is always directed to a cliff, and the goat runs over the cliff and dies. What does that tell you about forgiveness of sins by Jesus? What is supposed to happen in forgiveness to our sins he bore on the cross and future sins that we honestly confess and repent, they die. They have no life. So here's the challenge. We got the example of the high priest. Jesus is our high priest. We have the example of the scapegoat. So ours has to be a life of practicing forgiveness. We got to let some wrongs done to us run over the cliff and die. I should restate that. We have to let all the wrongs done to us run over the cliff and die. The minute you bring up the wrong in discussion, in anger, in bitterness, in retaliation, in reference, you're wrong because you're playing with something that is dead. And what do you call those folks whose kinkiness is they love to play with dead bodies? Two words in the New Testament that Jesus uses in his teaching on forgiveness. There's the word ophemai, which means to send away, to let go. And there's the word apoloas, which means to release or to dismiss. All consistent with the rabbinical teaching of the Old Testament in Leviticus. And the first mention of forgiveness instructed in Genesis 50, the very first time the word comes from the lips of Jesus is in the Lord's Prayer that I read, Matthew 6. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, verse 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, the wrong they've done, either intentionally 
or unknowingly against you. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Key word is also, implying another action is anticipated. If I will forgive, then the Lord will forgive. So don't you see it? The Lord is waiting to see what you're going to do. And we don't have to guess because verse 14 is followed by verse 15. If you forgive not men of their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This is the only time in Scripture where the Lord is is saying, you take the lead, but you're Lord, you're Savior, you're Master. No, says the Lord, I'm following you. You take the lead. Isn't that something? We finally get a chance to lead the Lord. Who wants to give leadership to the Lord Jesus? You do it based upon how you handle an offense. Because God will follow your lead. I'll leave us on that point right there until next week. Consider all the things that have been said. And remember this, as much as we need the Lord to do for us, we really cannot afford to operate in a lifestyle, spirit, or deeds and decisions of being a person who doesn't know how to forgive, nor to be the one who doesn't know how to act forgiven. Forgiven folk are free. Hallelujah. If you keep bringing it up, you're in bondage. If you keep bringing it up, and I've forgiven you, then that's on you, not on me, because I'm free. Hallelujah. So this is part one about forgiveness. And let's conclude on next Wednesday some additional truths on forgiveness. This is the word of faith which I teach. Amen, amen, amen.